0: Thanks for tuning into The Flipking Real Estate Radio. Whether a beginner or seasoned real estate vet, we are looking to help you grow your business and better your life with real-world deal examples, tools and tricks for your daily business and good old-fashioned motivation to get you in the game. We're here to see your real estate business grow to fit your lifestyle, whether for straight cash or cash flow. Grab a pen and notebook and get ready to grow. It's The Flipking Real Estate Radio Show. Now here's your host, Joe Evangelisti. Listen, I want to welcome uh, Mark Ferguson to, to the podcast. Uh, Mark is a uh, an avid real estate investor and a real estate flipper. He's also a, a realtor who runs a, a brokerage that concentrates in uh, REO work, uh, amongst other things. Mark has an awesome blog called invest for more uh, invest uh, the number four spelled out for F-O-U-R more.com. And uh, Mark, just a great guy to get a lot of great knowledge from. So uh, I want to introduce Mark to the show. Mark Ferguson, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Joe. I'm happy to be on the show, and I always love talking about real estate and success in general. So I'm I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome, awesome, Mark. Well, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just jump right into it. I mean, tell us a little bit about. I mean, the one thing that amazed me when I first met you, and and uh, those who are listening. Mark and I know each other from a mastermind group that we're a part of together. Mark gets amazing amounts of views on his blog, right? What do you what do you normally get traffic-wise every month on that blog? It's up to
1: 200,000 views a month. <laughs>
0: 200 so
1: It's doing pretty good.
0: <laughs> that's amazing, man. That's, congratulations. That's really that's that's really awesome. I know you spent a ton of time getting that website up and running and you do spend a ton of time writing for it, right?
1: Yeah. The primary reason I I've, I've got so much traffic is I write 2 to 3 new articles every week. And that's, yeah, most of my traffic is direct from Google search engine hits.
0: And it's awesome stuff. I mean, I subscribe to it and I check out your blog at least on a weekly basis. So um, I've contributed to a couple of those hits myself. But really, really good stuff. What amazes me is it's just a wealth of knowledge and it's all, most of it's free.
1: You know, I have a few products and a few things that I sell on there, but all my articles are free. Um, We just started a forum, a discussion forum. So that's all free. No advertisements on that. I really try to take off all all the advertisements on the blog, too, just trying to provide as much great information as I can to help people. And then if someone wants more personal help or or personal coaching, I have a few different options for them if they want to go that route.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. I didn't know that. So you'll actually offer uh, time-block coaching, mentorship? Um,
1: It is. Well, it's not. I have consulting available. So if somebody wants to get on a call and talk to me personally, I've got consulting available on the website. And then I also have a investing program that comes with a 300-page guide, audio CDs, and then also a bi weekly conference call with me.
0: Oh, awesome. That sounds like a great package. Cool. And I can tell you what, I mean, I'm sure the people that are involved and subscribed into that are getting huge value out of it. Uh, just because I know you're, you're, you're very diverse background in in, uh, in this business.
1: Yeah. If they put if they put the work in themselves, uh, they'll get a lot out of it. But you'd be surprised how many people don't put much effort into things. So oh, <laughs> I've got a I few would... really good people who who learn a lot and then a lot of people who never use anything. So, I'm
0: telling you, man, it's mm-hmm. that analysis paralysis. They love to learn, but they don't like to do, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Tell me a little bit about um, your investment background. I know you have some investment properties. You're also starting to flip things, which is cool. I mean, tell me about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so I got my real estate license in 2001. I just graduated from University of Colorado with a finance degree, and I couldn't really find a finance job I liked. I didn't want to be a bank teller, which was about all I could find at the time. And my dad had been a real estate agent since 78 And I decided to work with him part-time. So before I'd sworn off real estate in all forms, but I decided I'll just do this for a little bit. And um, he'd always fixed and flipped houses too. So we fixed and flipped a few houses every year together. I progressed as an agent, but never was very successful. I didn't like the whole cold calling thing, the, you know, going houses with people I didn't know. And then around 2007, I discovered REO, REO. Randomly, someone asked me to do a BPO form, which is a broker price opinion. I did that, then I just started researching the whole industry and like, oh, this is this is what I want right here. Um, went full fledged towards it, and that's what when I became successful as an agent.
0: So oh, cool. After, okay.
1: Yeah, that was a huge swing in my career right there. So and, REO
0: um, opened up a whole another door for you, huh?
1: Yeah, just income wise. Um, motivation wise, I found something I really enjoyed doing and it just made a huge difference. I hired an assistant from that point, uh, built my business up and then I was bringing in more money. I can invest in rental properties. So I bought my first one in 2010 and I have 12 now just closed on one about an hour ago. As we. Speak. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and nice. then,
1: uh, yeah, flipping has progressed. Um, we flipped twelve houses last year. So, um hoping to do about that same number this year. And I took over from my dad the whole business about a year and a half ago, so it's just me right now.
0: Cool. So you're running the real estate firm, the brokerage, the the flip company and, and the investments and all the management I would assume, right, for that?
1: Yeah yeah, and technically I don't have my own brokerage, but I just I run a team within another brokerage. So okay. it's kinda like I have my own brokerage within a brokerage the way it's got it i don't have to deal with the building and the staff and all that part of it
0: nice well i do so i can tell you from that perspective that you're doing the right thing (laughs) right i I know what it takes to do that (laughs) yeah those my listeners know i own a remax brokerage and uh that part's always challenging Always fun, but uh, that's good mark that you're not you're not doing all the overhead and all that kind of stuff to deal with that but so so tell me about let's let's get specific about the the investment properties themselves i mean when you when you go to acquire rental properties i mean are you looking for cash flow or are you looking for return on your uh, cash on cash return i mean what type of thing are you uh, you know are you are you after
1: my my basic guideline the one thing I want to see is my cash on cash return because i mean that's really the bottom line how much money am I investing? And how much money am am I gonna get back out? And okay. Then cash flow is obviously gonna be a huge part of that, um, based on you know what you're getting per month. But um a typical deal, I'm in Colorado and I'll buy a house for about one ten, one twenty, it'll rent for thirteen hundred to fourteen hundred, and I'll put maybe ten to fifteen thousand dollars of work in it. Okay. And then I'll I'll usually put twenty percent down in my last interest rate. It was an arm at 4.3%.
0: Okay. Now, do you you buy these commercially or like with an LLC or you buy them in your own name?
1: You know, um, I use a portfolio lender, so they're a local lender. They don't go by Fannie Mae guidelines, any of that stuff. Yeah. I usually end up buying them in my own name and then I'll put them in an LLC and transfer everything over to that LLC. Mm -hmm. And my bank has no problem with that. They'll lend to an LLC or me personally and they don't care if I transfer it over either.
0: It's great stuff, man. I tell people all the time you have to look for local portfolio banks when you're when you're looking, to, at, least, at least when you're looking to get started. I mean, once you've grown a sizable portfolio, the big banks will start knocking on your door and want to give you the world. But at the very beginning, you have to get, it's a relationship business, right? I mean, when you're dealing with these local banks, I mean, it's just, it's a matter of they know you, they like you, they trust you. And for people that are listening to understand what Mark was talking about, portfolio lending, basically means they're not going to sell that, that note, sell that mortgage to somebody else. They're going to keep that in there, and it's their own cash. So if they're loaning Mark $120,000, it's their own money that's on reserve in their bank, and they don't plan on selling that note to anybody else. So they're usually very particular about who they work with, but generally relationships are a big part of it, rather than when you're dealing with big commercial operations, you're talking your, your tax returns and what you look like on paper, more or less, rather than uh, just the, the person-to-person interaction.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they, they finance my fix and flips as well and cool. my personal house and just yeah, they're so easy to work with compared to your traditional big bank that yeah, I remember the first <laughs> rental property I got a loan with a big bank and they wanted two years history for every deposit I made over a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. I'm like, Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> I'm, like, Why? I'm a yeah. realtor.
1: I have like hundreds of these. Why I'm sorry. That's what we need. I'm like, oh my God. So
0: it's unbelievable, man. And I mean,
1: yeah. And,
0: and I and I, I tell you what, we could do a whole podcast on this. But I mean, I literally just got a commitment letter from a bank on a refinance, a local bank, exactly the same situation. Fifteen minutes ago, my email, I told the guy about the deal last weekend. He wants to close it next week. You know, there's no questions nice. asked. I don't think they'll even do an appraisal on house. They mean me, they like me. They've been doing business with me. They're just going to add it on to the. It's like it's like a, they added another IOU onto the uh, to the end of the ticket. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just refinance yep. out and and move forward. It's amazing. It's amazing. So
1: yeah, um, no. So um, on any deal under hundred thousand loan, I don't have to do an appraisal with them. If it's mm-hmm. over hundred thousand, they do require one. But yeah, I'm doing two refinances with them as well. Cash yeah. out refis on on rental properties. Um, one thing I'm you told me about the this, big bank.
0: <laughs> what's that?
1: As I said, try doing that with a big bank. you have already impossible. got, you know, eleven mortgages in your name.
0: Yeah, it's impossible, man. I mean, they make it. They make it so difficult. And then they want to start portfolioing it and doing blanket mortgages. We don't, we can get to that later. But especially when you're new in the business, I mean, I, I think that having a relationship with a local bank is just paramount to being able to uh, to operate smoothly and efficiently.
1: Oh, it's, it's huge.
0: One thing you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it was uh, it was on. It was a message somewhere along the way. I read your taxes are are out of control. Low, right? What are they? Six, seven hundred dollars a year.
1: Yes, that's why I love um, where I'm at so much. On this property I bought today, I bought it for one thirty three, and I think the taxes on it are eight hundred a year.
0: It's unreal, dude. So, yeah,
1: it's unreal. all my rental properties are like that. I know you're sitting at like, you know, eight times that or.
0: 84. I'm going to start sending you money to just buy stuff out there because I'm telling you, out here, my taxes average somewhere somewhere between forty four hundred fifty dollars and like they go all the way up. I mean, the sky's the limit. A month, a month. I mean, I don't have anything that we pay less than probably four fifty a month for. That's
1: nuts. <laughs> That's so Crazy to control. me. <laughs> your
0: whole years, your whole. I mean, your whole years. Uh, right. uh, taxes are in one month down here, and it's like that. There goes the cash flow right there. That's what makes it more difficult around the. The, the, the oh yeah, for area. sure. So that's good. And, and you're flipping some houses. I mean, what t- can you walk me through a criteria of something you might flip, or an example of what you what you flipped in the last couple of years?
1: Yeah. So um, our average price is probably just under two hundred thousand, where I'm at. And I tend to be. I like the low end stuff for flipping. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my flips are. I probably buy them for seventy five to a hundred thousand, and um, I'll probably end up selling them around. One forty to one, you know, eighty, depending on what price I get them for. Uh, once in a while, I'll go higher, but I just, you know, I can make probably twenty five, maybe thirty thousand on those flips, and just keep turning them. Um, can do probably five to ten of them, you know, at a time if I wanted to. And they normally need, let's say, anywhere from fifteen to twenty five thousand in work. Okay, um, I did have a. Completely different flip I'm closing on this week is a country property with acreage. I bought it for seventy-five thousand. Probably put seventy thousand of work into it, and we're selling it for two forty-seven. But that was that's
0: a nice spread.
1: Yeah, it was new stucco, new well, new septic, new wiring, new plumbing, new kitchen—just complete redo. But most of them are in that you know twenty, thirty thousand dollar range, and just keep kind of keep the volume up to keep bringing in the the checks on those.
0: Cool. Well walk us through walk us through the acquisition. I mean how do, how are you taking them down? I mean, is it private money or is it your own money or are you borrowing it from the bank? Same kind of thing you just talked about, is it twenty percent down or how how are you doing yeah. that?
1: So well the first thing a lot of people ask me since I'm an REO broker, I'm also a HUD listing broker, is oh man, you must have a huge advantage buying those properties. <laughs> and the truth is it's it's actually completely the opposite. Correct. Because I'm I'm not allowed to buy any HUD homes at all. Doesn't matter if I'm gonna live there. My family can't even buy them, and no agent in our office can buy a HUD home. So they're very restrictive. Sure. the same thing, any, R- any REOs I list, I can't buy them. It's just a conflict of interest, and I'd get fired on the spot if mm-hmm. they found out I did that. So I'd say 90% of my deals I still find from the MLS, and it's a matter of just, yeah, yeah it's just being super fast uh, when I see a good deal come up. I mean, I'm looking at MLS five times a day. And then when I make an offer, it's usually cash, no inspection, no contingencies. You know, if the, if the spread's there, I know I can make my money on it. And that gives me quite a few deals. Wow. And then, yeah, um done a few direct marketing deals, but most of them are still from the MLS.
0: It's so funny, uh, man, because we're so polar opposite. I was just explaining this to yesterday to somebody that, I mean, I don't do maybe 5% of my deals on the MLS. I mean, we, we very rarely look at the MLS and... and like even today, we, our, our inventory was a little bit low, and I'm starting to try to find ways to acquire over the next couple of weeks, you know, four or five or six deals. So I actually took to printing out REO inventory on the MLS and driving around today and looking at stuff, which is so unlike me. I very rarely do that. <laughs> but uh, we never use the MLS, so that's, that's 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 crazy to hear. But, you know, I mean, you're a broker at heart, so I guess that's your, that's your fallback, right?
1: You no, know, in the past, when I worked with my dad a lot more, we probably bought 90% from the Trustee sale, the foreclosure auctions. Okay. And the competition has gotten so tough there that the prices are almost as high as they are on the MLS. It's ridiculous. Mm. And mm. I haven't even gone to one of those sales in probably six months. Okay. Because it's the investors there are just paying. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you have no inspection paying cash in two hours at those deals. So, yeah. Yeah. MLS has been great for me. So once I buy my, like I said, I use that portfolio lender. And they will finance seventy five percent of the purchase price. So I've gotta bring quite a bit of my own money to the table on the flipping. Mm-hmm. I've gotta do twenty five percent down and then all the repairs I fund myself, but my portfolio lender charges one point and five and a quarter percent interest rate on a one year okay. loan.
0: That's okay.
1: pretty hard to beat with a bank. And Absolutely. Man, my sister also lends me some private money that I pay her seven percent on. So that helps. Wow. A lot.
0: Boy, I hope your sister doesn't listen to this podcast because she's getting taken advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's good. So you yeah. so you have some private money and you have some some portfolio lending money.
1: Right. Yep. And then I've also got a line of credit on one of my rental properties. It's paid off with that same lender so I can take money in and out of there if I need to.
0: Cool. So that keeps it flexible for you. Right. So, uh, so that's good. So you're flipping homes. You got some investment properties. Let's talk a little bit, I guess, about the blog. I mean, what kind of, what kind of information do, uh, do the people listening, the investors, potential investors, the seasoned investors. I mean, what can they hope to gain by checking in on the blog? And, and uh, what kind of articles are you posting about recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, I pretty much write about anything I can. Real estate investing and even related to real estate agents. But I first started just to talk about my rental properties. And I think it kind of took off because, you know, I'm posting all my numbers, all my repairs. Pretty much, you know, I'm an open book as far as what they're costing me, what I'm making, any problems I have on them. And then I'll do the same thing on some of my flips. It's a little tougher to to do that on all of them because it's it's a lot of work to create a post with all the figures and numbers and everything. Um, so that's, I think that's one nice thing is to see what I'm doing and the exact numbers. And then, yeah, I'll talk about the whole flipping process different articles on the cost, financing, selling houses, same thing for rentals, how I find them, how I'm buying them, like you said, cash on cash returns, what that means, cash flow, why that's so important when you're buying rental properties. And then a lot of articles about real estate agents, you know, what you can actually make as an agent, what it's like to be an agent, and how to be successful as an agent. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what it's really like to be an agent. A lot of people think it's Easy money and a lot of people also see the average agent doesn't make anything. So
0: it's kinda of hard to know
1: exactly <laughs> what's what's going on out there in the agent world.
0: I think the majority think it's an easy, it's easy money, right? I mean we have people come to us all the time that they think they're gonna, you know, quit their job in a month and you know, start making double selling real estate. But right. the truth of the matter is, I mean you can be really successful and make a lot of money at this business, but it there's no laying around and being lazy. I mean, you have to work your ass off to get it done, right?
1: Right, exactly. And there's no one there telling you what to do either you know you're you're basically your own boss and you've got to make yourself get out there and and go after the work
0: i i've been on your blog and i i can't has i can't stress it enough the people that are listening i mean this is a blog that is absolutely packed with so much free information and so much you can learn anything you can learn about being an investor you can learn about being either a better realtor or a new realtor or getting into the business i think you even have like a a realtor startup kit or something like that don't you
1: um, I'm working on it. It's not there yet. Well, I've got, I got one kit. I've got a kit for um, starting out in REO. So okay. there's a, a real um, inexpensive kit for getting started in REO and doing BPOs. And then I've got a new one coming out that's all encompassing for just starting out as an agent, what to focus on, where to spend your money, you know, where not to spend your money. For people who are agents, they'll know you get a call about every week, someone trying to sell you something, if not more. And most of it's just junk, so it, it can be tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that's 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 what I I tell all my new agents that the that the hardest part about starting out is what I call the, the shiny object syndrome. You know, everything. You know, they they concentrate on one thing, and next thing you know, like the new great thing pops up over here on the left hand side, and they like they redirect their attention to the new shiny object, and then you know they spend an hour investing time and money into that, and then they turn around. And there's a new thing next week, and you know, I just talked about this in the last podcast. Is, is to be, uh, to have consistent, predictable business, you have to do consistent, predictable actions. You know, you have to prospect daily, or if that's not your thing, then you have to um, continue sending out marketing daily, or you know, whatever it is, you have to be consistent at it. You can't keep jumping around to a new thing every Monday, or you're never going to see the business.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think focus is the number one thing most agents lack. Is there? They're trying to do a hundred things at once instead of just do one or two things really well.
0: Yeah, focus and discipline for sure. So, well, <clears throat> Mark, I, you know, I think that everyone should definitely check out your blog. Is there anything else you want to add? Any, any other um, tidbits? We're gonna have a, uh, a podcast posting page here, so I'm not sure if you wanna, you know, submit any uh, reports or anything on here. Is it kind of a, a free, uh, a free uh, lead-in for them to come visit the blog? If you, we can also post that, obviously on the uh, on the. Uh, the podcast page
1: yeah I've got a few um, goodies for people who subscribe to my blog I've got a four free ebooks on different subjects I've got a video training um, sequence for real estate agents I've got a ton of free stuff so I'd be happy yeah yeah to to post some stuff on there and um, yeah some parting words just whatever you do in life I think focus is the number one thing you've got to do and like you said discipline and focus to keep at it every day don't get swayed off track by the naysayers or shiny objects
0: and you'll be successful awesome man awesome well we'll definitely post links to the blog we'll post uh, that free report for you to check out you guys should definitely go take a look at it it's investformore.com of course as always check out theflipking.com and subscribe to our um, iTunes podcast and uh, leave comments there comments and questions you can always reach me at joe at theflipking.com, and uh, we look forward to uh, to answering your questions. Mark, thanks again. I appreciate you, uh, you coming on board.
1: Hey, thank you a ton, Joe. It was fun, and yeah, I'm glad to help any way I can. All right. Sounds good,
0: man. Have a great day. All right. You too. All right, bye